Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 retrospective. I am Samuel. And I am Aaron. When you when you know who you are, you'll never go far like all my friends who play guitar and drums. <laughs> and um, these are the good things that help me get through the night, mainly uh, Joey Escabel being with us. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having me, guys. Joey of um, Map Starflyer, Jupiter James fame, and also the host of the amazing Velvet Blue pod, Velvet Blue Music podcast. If you haven't listened to it, please do. Sure, um, Aaron. It feels like we've been building up to this for a while. So today we're talking about Leave Here a Stranger, and I'll be honest, this is the album that got me into Starflyer Fifty Nine, but not in the way you would think. Okay. So um, back when I first moved out on my own, the way I found new music is um, I went to the library and I would shuffle through the CDs. This is how I found new music because I was a cool kid. And sitting in there in the Christian music section, Starflyer 59, Leave Here a Stranger with wow. just one of the coolest album covers I'd ever seen. In a, in a library, really huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you guys know the cover art story? Yeah, but go for well, it. I think, no, you do tell us. Tell us. Okay. I think I know right. it. <laughs> so Jason was going through a magazine and saw a picture of a behind the scenes, uh, uh, just a photo of a of a movie behind the scenes of Mission to Mars. So I think Val Kilmer was in that one or something. But he saw it in the magazine, sent it over to the Tooth and Nail Boys, and said, "Hey, I want this as." The, the cover of my new Starflyer 59 record. Oh, I thought it was something different. I thought it was a Star Wars behind the scenes. True story, man. True story. No, no. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I remember that movie from when I was a kid. Yeah. But, I... Yeah, no, go this ahead. album, that album artwork, it's the only reason I started listening to the band. And even then, it took a while to grow on me. Mm-hmm. Um, this this podcast has been a learning experience and really appreciating this music. <laughs> But that, that artwork is what got me into it. For you don't know, uh, Joey, yeah, um, like I've been a lifelong Starfire fan since like 1997, eight or something like that. Okay. And Joey's and, and Sam's been around for you know a recent convert mm-hmm. to, to the Jason cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, yeah. So Starfire 59, um, Leave Here a Stranger. This was released in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Jeff Cloud returning on bass, and of course the ever-present Mr. Jason Martin. Um, this one is unique, though, in that sadly Gene Eugene, who had produced every album since Americana and some mm-hmm. parts of Gold, um, had no, passed he didn't, away. He, he didn't produce Silver. Um, Gyro, the guys from Mortal, did Silver. Well, that's why I said parts of Gold. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so. <laughs> He had sadly passed away. So mm-hmm. instead, um, I don't. I'm curious if you know any input on this, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Terry Taylor of Daniel Amos fame coming in to produce. Which and Lost I love Dogs. Daniel Amos and Lost Dogs and, and Lost Dogs and a plethora of other projects. Maybe we'll talk about them someday. Mm-hmm. And then we also got Josh Dooley in here on on keyboard, and mm-hmm. we had talked to him in one of our other interviews we did. Mm-hmm. As well as uh, Frank Lins lending a hand and Rob Watso for some technical additional instruments and such. So, right, that's the lineup here, which is a truly unique lineup. 
And I thought it was um, for this band. Right, right. And I thought it was just weird that I was the the drummer of these songs and Frank was just doing, <laughs> you know, the, you know, just the shakers and the, and, and uh, all the percussion. I just thought I was, I was kind of out of place. <laughs> now, yeah. do you know um, anything about Terry Taylor joining on? Was you in on that at all? So Jay, I remember before recording Jason, uh, well, we'd be driving around um, going to our next show and he, I think he he played some uh, uh, Daniel Amos, like a greatest hits or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, this guy's going to do our record. His name is Terry Taylor. And here's some of the songs. And I remember some of the songs being like, it was like an 80s song, like, like it's the it's the 80s. So where's my rocket pack or something? Love that song. That's from Batsumana. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I remember thinking like, what the heck is this? In, in a good way. I'm just like, dude, this is like I can't believe how awesome this is. And this is this was, you know, uh, released in the 80s. I never I never ever heard of anything like this before. And I think um, uh, when worlds collide or something like that, uh, I remember. Is that right, Aaron? Uh, yes, that's also on Batsumana. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and he—that's he, probably the record I was listening to. So I remember thinking, like, "Wow, this is interesting." Um, not really sure what to think of it, um, but I would say that was the the little that I knew about Terry Taylor going into this this the studio recording. Okay, cool. and, and also um, there were um, Gene, reason why I mentioned Lost Dogs is because Gene Eugene. Um, Terry Taylor and Derry Daughtery from the choir, they're lost mm-hmm. dogs. And so Gene had just passed. So I was wondering if Jason was thinking they're tight. I'm sure Terry and Gene were tight. Right. So replacing Gene with Terry. So, yeah, it could have been. It could have been. Mm-hmm. been. Um, I, uh, mm-hmm. I I remember where I was where, where I was standing when Jason called me and told me when Eugene died, I was in my parents bedroom. You know, it was such a, and it was the first time I've ever heard Jason broken up when he told me that Gene Eugene died. Um, and I think getting Terry Taylor, the reason why we did it, uh, I might be wrong, but we needed, we already had the studio time booked and we needed to grab somebody pretty quickly. So gotcha. I think that's what happened. Do you know this? Do you well, know anything? I'm sorry, go ahead, Sam. Oh, I just, I'm saying they, that was the perfect. Um, quick grab, like, yeah. I, I wish, uh, I wish he would have re- produced more of the records moving forward, but right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was really, uh, I remember telling uh, Josh Dooley, like, hey, you got to try to get this Terry Taylor guy to record a map record because, um, that what Terry did in the studio, guys, like, I can't explain it. The guy was just. I've never seen a producer produce that way. Like every weird idea that he had, like, can you do this? And he had like this sidekick. He had this keyboard player that, that played keys uh, for Disney, like all the, like a lot of Disney music. Like he was just this really talented. And, and, uh, and matter of fact, I think he played keyboards for the, the DuckTales song, by the way, true story. I think well, he did that. Might that. Be, probably hey, because another Terry, degree because, of connection, Aaron. Because yeah. I asked, because I actually <laughs> asked him that, and and he kind of smiled at me and smirked at me, and I don't, I didn't want to tell me, but I think I think that was a yes. So, <laughs> well, Terry, he also he scored like a, I think it's called Neverhood, Neverland, or something like that, uh-huh. um, for, for like some Disney, some cartoon or something, 
that's uh, probably how was... that's that's probably the connection. Yeah. And so do you know you have any um idea of where the title Leaf Here Stranger came from? So it's it's uh it's biblical. Yeah, it's a biblical thing. It's um leaving this earth str- as strangers. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it was in Romans. I should have I should have got that. Uh, it's Romans. I know. Is it I Romans? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The like the leave here a stranger is an actual a Bible verse. Yeah, we're leaving this earth as strangers to this earth because we are, you know, uh, in the kingdom of God. Was it an homage to Jean Eugene? You think? I think so. I think That's it was. I think it's um, this is all my opinion, guys. I never, I never asked Jason specifically, but um, it. I think a lot of this record was a kind of a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for, guys? It's like a tribute to Gene Eugene in a lot of ways. Yeah. For sure, it's yeah. Fitting, mm-hmm. It's a fitting tribute. So and, um, I'm just going to share. That, I'm sorry. Go oh, go for it. I was going to share my brief history of this album, and then we can del- delve into the review. Cool. Okay, so I I got this when it came out. I was stationed in the army over in Germany. So this came out in June. I can't remember the date of 2001. So it's pre-September 11th. Gosh, this is an old album. (laughs) And so I remember ordering this from one of those little small thing cards that you mentioned in our interview we did with you from Tooth and Nail. And I got this in the mail. And it was... (laughs) this is such a part of my life. Like I can't remember, like remember the first time I heard this album. Like, it's just like, so part of the, like my, um, the core of who I am. Like I did, it just seems like it's always been there. And so I can't remember the first time I've heard it, but like, yeah, I listened to this song, uh, this album a lot. And like on the, was it 18 yesterday? Yeah. It was like two in the morning. I couldn't sleep because I'm insomniac. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? This is the perfect time to listen to this um, album. So I threw on the vinyl with my headphones because I have kids, and I just listened <laughs> to it at two in the morning. I was just like, and I still to this day hear new stuff that I have never heard before. And it's just like, just like the Everybody Makes Mistakes albums. There's always something that you just hear, it's like this little thing, and it's, you know, sure, yeah, it's a perfect album. Like I mean, and and normally I like rank these out the songs. Like I'll do stars, but I can't individually rank these songs stuff for your company, which we'll get to and get there. But mm-hmm. to me, this is like one of those albums where it's just one, it's one song. These aren't individual songs. It's like a movement in a symphony, like movement one through eight and then your company. And, um, right. And I so think it really was, a, it, and just to, just to piggyback what you said, it, I think it really was a concept album. Yeah. Cause I remember like in an interview, Jason said, this was going to be his pet sounds album. Right. Mm-hmm. And he can succeed it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. So anything else before we dive into the track by track analysis? No, no. I just um, you, know, you you mentioned pet sounds and and you know at that I think during the '60s that that wall of sound was uh, was really big and I think this whole record was recorded in mono because we wanted that wall of sound '60s kind of vibe. You know, so I I think you're right. Yeah, I think um, this whole entire this works so much better as a concept album, and now I want to re-listen to it with that my in mind. Um, but mm-hmm. it definitely has. Oh my goodness, this is so Pet Sounds, which is one of my you know probably top ten albums easily of all time. Mm-hmm. And um, it definitely Joey loves gives the me, album too. 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely a pet sounds tribute if I've ever heard one. Oh yeah, and Terry and Terry Taylor brought it. Like he knew exactly what to do, what sounds to to how how to make it sound, and so all you know, hats off to that guy. One last thing too, pet sounds. My son, my oldest son, he's fourteen. He's autistic. He doesn't mm-hmm. listen to my music. He likes to do video game music, um, whatever these kids are listening to these days. But he loves pet sounds. And I like I did research and like the Beach Boys do a lot of stuff with autistic kids and like autistic kids like love pet sounds. Oh, about, okay. The, the maybe maybe I might be, okay. you know. <laughs> I mean, I love it too, but um, but yeah, it's, it's just a little interesting thing that I'm just gonna throw out there. Very. So. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead All and right, break these songs down one by one. Um, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into this with. Um, the song that's always stuck out to me from this album, um, I can't necessarily say it's my favorite, because like Aaron said, it's just they go together so well. Mm-hmm. But it's the one that stuck out to me. Um, all my friends who play guitar, um, you hear that hiss of recording equipment, which I'm assuming this was all recorded on analog, because it sounds like analog, and it sounds so warm and nice. And then that click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys know what that is? I could tell you what that click is. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so that click, I think we recorded the first part of that um on a Walkman. So that click is Jason or or maybe maybe what? Andy Prickett. Andy Prickett is pressing play like click click and then that sound is coming out of a Walkman. So there's a microphone in that, you know, in a in a Walkman speaker or whatever. Um, that's that's what that sound is. That's awesome. <laughs> um, man, I long live analog. It will never be replaced, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, and then you kind of hear what I think of like the loneliest strums of a guitar you ever did hear. Um, it just sounds just like really. This is I think this is why I like the album cover so much. It sounds like you're sitting in the middle of the desert plugging in a guitar and just strumming good point um and then it just it hits the whole entire thing you hear the keyboards um i find it interesting that you know pet sounds influence and pet sounds is this huge wall of sound orchestra and i'm assuming tooth and nail did not give you guys that kind of budget so instead we uh get this lovely keys and it has like a very my first thought was the original Star Trek from the 1960s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and then you get this great retrospective on the band up to this point. And I feel like the lyrics are just saying, man, how did we get here? Like, this is, I never thought we would get this far at all. Um, and I, I could be wrong, but I feel like this also was the peak of the band's success as far as financial goes. Okay. Because um, not too many years after this is when the music industry crash happens. And this was right after um, Tooth and Nail gets bought by uh, Capitol Records and everything. So I just kind of wonder if this was a culmination of everything that happened to the band up to this point. And then obviously, like you said, a um, tribute to Gene Eugene. So that's my thoughts on the first um, first song here. Joey, what do you got? Oh yeah, uh, that's very very interesting. It's uh, I never thought of it that way. I do know um, what I believe is a real, the real influence in 
writing how Jason wrote this song, I actually remember a conversation during a card game with Dave Bazan. And Jason says to Dave Bazan, Dave, you know I'm just writing music for you because I know musicians like you are the only ones that appreciate it. Like, uh, wow. and, and so that's kind of, uh, I think that's all tied in here and I've actually heard it. And I think this is what it means. It's it, Jason really meant, look, you know who you are, you know, all the people that really want to play guitar, meaning not just play guitar, but like be creative, try to do new things. You know who you are, you know, like all my friends, you, we never get far. Like we're only we're not we're only going to be as popular as we are because we're doing things the way we want to do it. Wow, that kind of. okay. I'm going to share what I was thinking. Um, So first I wrote down what's the opening click sound, which you answered. Thanks, Joey. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you get this warm, warm country guitar, country flyer, lonely Mm -hmm. strumming country guitar. I love it. I think to me, the lyrics speak to Christian artists, um, indie ones who are trying to make a living touring and also be true to themselves. You know, being true to yourself doesn't always translate to the dollars. So it's like a trade off. You do. Do I want to be an honest artist or do I want to make money? And so when you do that, (laughs) um, you kind of get some pushback. And so um, there's during this time, there's the uh, squat five O had that song. Our state set, our state flag sucks, which is, uh, <laughs> you remember that song? Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. It was about the Georgia flag that had the Confederate bars on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you had the violet burning. Um, Michael Pretzel talked about how like, um, like they were really, they, were, they turned in an album. I think it was a self-entitled one that's called this, um, lipstick and dynamite wonder to the com- uh, to their record company. It's like, there's not enough Jesus's, on this you, in the Jesus per minute, that was like a joke, but it was a real thing. Uh-huh. And so to me, like you were saying with the Dave Bazan thing, um, Christian artists who are being socially aware or being true to themselves, they're right. And they know that they're not going to go far, but they're not trying to, they're just trying to make honest art. And so that's what I got from the song too. So that's really cool that that's um, what it was, you know, from that. And I have a crazy story when I was in Germany, um, me and my f- first wife, we were driving. We lived in this middle of nowhere, like this. It was like 300 people in Giebelstadt, Germany, and it was like a. Uh, um, it had rained, and then it was like black ice on the road, which I didn't know. And so, like, um, we're driving. We're like five in the morning, going to the army base, and then we start sliding. I'm slowly pressing the brake, like you're supposed to, not jerking the wheel, just you know, turning into it. And there's no guardrail, and I just start flying down this oh, hill, like do 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 do. And all my friends who play guitar is on the playing the Holy you know the CD cow. the CD. I'm just like, and then it was just so crazy. It was so cinematic because it's bare, it's dark. You can you only see what's in your headlights. And then the 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 course is playing. You'll never go far. Like all my friends could play guitar. And and then I just like I'm about to die. And then like right there, it was weird. Like this peace and calm just came. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And then we just stopped. And huh. I'm like, what? And so then I so we're like literally like vertical and like um on the side of this hill but it was like mud caught the car found the wheels around and we finally stopped i get out the car we were like three inches if we went any further we're about to hit face down in a a, a road and that might have been it mm-hmm. so every time i hear this song <laughs> i think of that <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna say do you skip the song because i think i would have no. never listened to it after that <laughs> and i still love it all right, so minute one, the one minute and the 52 seconds. Is that a that theremin sign? Is that a theremin in there that I'm hearing? 
So uh, I'm sure it's a theremin sound. And again, that that Disney guy, I wish I knew his name. I totally forgot. Yeah. He knew how to make the sounds and make and make it sound like like actual strings, actual, you know, uh, a woman singing in the background, like like that Star Trek, like like an actual theremin. He was just you tell him to to make a sound and a and a vibe, and he knew how to do it instantly. So wow. I want to say not a theremin. I would say his keyboard. Nice. Well, I love it. This song is so California or how I've seen in my head. It's like mellow, chill, cool. And I went like the vibe of the song. It's not it's not laid back. It's not chilled. It's not hopeful. I don't know. It's just kind of like I don't I guess it's whatever you want it to be at that moment, because at times in my life, it's been a happy song to me. It's been sad, obviously, with the whole car thing. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It's just a weird vibe to the song. I, don't, I can't really nail down. Um, but I love it. So like a, a Five star song. I mean, we started out shit out the gate perfect. So mm-hmm. that's all I gotta say about this. Anything else you want to add to this song, Joey? Uh, you know, nothing, nothing on my side. You know, I one thing I remember is I completely ripped off some drum fills from you know that movie, that thing you do. One of my all time favorite movies. And I love great, that movie. movie. Great I love it. soundtrack, I love it. by the way. Yeah. So great soundtrack. If you don't have the soundtrack, I, I just let that play. Um, in that song, there's that intro fill before it goes into the song. I stole that and threw it into there, and it sounds muffled, but that is that that drum fill. So <laughs> now I don't want Tom Hanks coming over and telling me to cease and desist. <laughs> well, funny thing about music is uh, you cannot copyright chord progressions or drum fills, only Perfect. lyrics and melody. Yep. Then I ripped it off. Sounds man. like a man who's been sounds like somebody who's been sued before, Sam. You want to lead <laughs> us off with the next song? Can you play drums? Can um, you play? Drum I cannot play drums whatsoever. Um, so this this track it it feels like a uh, Daniel Amos track with Star Five Fifty Nine playing it, which just is awesome. Um, it, I feel I get like big Daniel Amos vibe. Vibes from it though. Um, I love the lo-fi sound of it, and really that applies to the whole entire album. Like, I don't know if this album would have sounded as good if we would have gotten a full orchestra behind it, if we would have gotten, um, you know, capital record money behind it. Mm-hmm. It its charm is that it is such a lo-fi record, and also um, we talked a lot about the last record being kind of country-ish. Um, this album, and I'll I'll hit on a couple songs later that really hit me with it. This album feels like a straight up cowboy album. Like so many of these songs, I can just see you know the the cowboy walking into town on his horse or something, and I, I think the soundtrack playing about. behind it. <laughs> I think I know you're talking about. Like if you listen to uh, Midnight Cowboy, the 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 soundtrack to Midnight Cowboy, you'll kind of feel that you know, Wild West, uh, or even, even some Neil Young songs. Yeah. Because a lot of like that, that drum beat is, could be a Neil Young drum beat. And, um, the lyrics, I don't know, maybe you have some input on this. The lyrics seem to really kind of be poking fun at the fact that the band is always looking, um, or slash picking up new musicians, which hadn't happened too much up to this point we don't really only been through um 
two different band members. Well, I can take it back three, three band members in, in six years actually is kind of a lot. But after this, the members started rotating out even faster, I feel like. So I find it funny that this song was poking fun at that just for getting ready to happen a lot in the next decade. Um, so that's my thoughts on this song. It's a, just a great follow-up. Maybe not my favorite track on the album, but it's a perfect follow-up to the previous one. Aaron, what do you got? Um, let's see here. This is a velvet romantic cowboy song, I guess. Um, the last album was very country, like like you mentioned, but I, I feel it in this album as well. And I'm not a huge fan of country music. You know, I love these albums. It's weird. Um, testament to Jason's music, um, art, I guess. Um, there's so many, go- so many instruments going off in the background. Um, do you, can you tell, like, in the background, all those riffing and stuff? What's going on in the background, Joey? Oh, okay. Um, so all I know, the little that I know is Frank Lenz is playing. When you, at the end of that song, when you hear the boom, 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 that's Frank Lenz uh, playing a five-gallon water bottle. So that's that. Uh, Andy Prickett, I know he used to jump in. Now, now, uh, uh, Jeff Cloud played 99% of everything, and he played it very, very well. I think this was Cloud's finest moment, in my opinion. And um, But Andy Prickett would, would jump in and do a couple of riffs, and you know the dung-dung-dung-dung? That's Andy Prickett jumping in and making a kind of a Pet Sounds bass riff there. Okay, cool. I was just wondering. I thought, <laughs> it's just so, so we got a we got a Walkman, and now we got a a, 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 a gallon. Oh my god! Okay, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, Final but sounds. I think I, I was going to say, Sam. I hope you're right on this because I always thought, like, can you play drums? Is that Jason telling me that I suck? You know, I'm, I'm not playing behind the beat like I that, that way like. <laughs> So I hope you're right, dude, because uh, and it could be either one of those two. It could be that Jason for two or three years would have been like, dude, I just I just want you to play a straight beat for goodness sakes, you know, but but we'll we'll never know. We'll never know. That's that, that's funny. You should mention that because I was going to save this to the end. But since you you mentioned this, I have a question for you, Joey. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to play on an album where the band leader basically bags on you and your band members <laughs> for being subpar performers? On the previous tour, so you, so you get it, so you got that too. See, so it's not just yeah. me being, not just we'll me being self-conscious. Right. You get, oh yeah, you get it. I think you get that. Okay, so back to this song. I'm sorry, Joey, but no, I, I, don't care, that, I know it, it's just so crazy. Anyway, so um, yeah, so this song sounds like a song about somebody being bored and boxed in. Um, you know, um, I love the melancholy, the melancholy feel of it. It's a four-star song. I, I agree with Sam. It's a great follow-up. Um, and, like, this song, like, there's, like, three songs that really stuck out to me. And less, it's so hard. Like, when I, um, like, Can You Play Drums, Night Music, these different songs, like, I have to hear them to individually visualize them. Because, again, to me, they're, like, one big song. So And, like, there's... I can't think of another album that's like this. So it's very frustrating for me, like reviewing this album without like listening to it because it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to break it up, but yeah, 
Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about this. <laughs> Joey, what do you have? Oh, let's see. I mean, that's that's pretty much all I, you know. Um, yeah, this song was pretty much uh, just as far as what I was doing, very straightforward. I think the... Um, I think the... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, guys. Like... Um, uh, uh, the gold, I guess you could say, the gold of this song, the strings that that were laid down. Uh, Frank Lenz just doing what he does. He just he just play picks up anything and makes anything sound great. Um, uh, I I think Jason's vocals are probably one of the most because uh, you know at that at that one part where it says I can't even talk like he doesn't do that in in other songs, you know. Um, kind of put some soul into it, so I think I think it was kind of soulful, just the right amount of soul. I never thought about that. But yeah, this right. may be. Yeah. This may have this may be uh, Martin's best vocal performance up to this point. Like I know he never focuses on vocals; that's not his main intent. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe if it was just Terry Taylor being there or what. But I feel like his vocal performance is really oh, on, oh, and on by the spot and, here. Keep this in mind too. He wanted to bury his vocals like he does the other records, and Terry had to tell him, "Like, no, we're we're putting it up in the mix. It sounds great." And Jason's Love. like, Jason was his worst critic, and Jason actually, or or Terry actually had to tell him, "No, it's going up in the mix." Gotta love Terry. See, he's the best. Could you imagine <laughs> this album? With, oh my god! <laughs> All right. Um, anything else for? So, um, can you play drums? I don't think so. So for this next one, um, I feel like the drums actually really stick out on it. And this might just be because I am a um, <clears throat> recovering pop punk kid from, you know, 14 and onwards. So don't ever, uh, <laughs> Sam, don't ever recover. <laughs> don't ever recover. Um, so, Joey, tell us about your memories of when I learned to sing, where I feel like uh, your drumming really sticks out for big time for the first time in this album. Cool, dude. Yeah, thank you. Um Let's see. I guess we could start with the kit. You know, uh, Frank Lenz dropped off an old 60s Gretsch drum set and with brand new heads and he tuned them all perfectly. Like I never had to retune anything. I don't know what he did, but um, I'm sure we muffled the heck out of it and made it to where that doesn't really matter. But those drums sounded really, really good in the record. So that probably helped to begin with um as far as my so i added some things to this and uh but mostly this track was jason's drum he had these little uh, demo drum machine tracks and he just threw it on there and he originally did not want me to do that boom 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 da da he didn't want that because it sounded too much like the demo and so I would argue with him saying, no, 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 we need to keep that because this is bringing like a good vibe. I'm going to copy this verbatim and maybe we'll throw some breaks, you know, just to kind of break it up a little bit. And so he wasn't for it. And then Terry Taylor, who was the he was the, uh, you know, the judge, he would say, no, no, no. Yeah, we need to We need to keep this. This is bringing up a good vibe. So originally, Jason didn't like this and and. 
we we decided to keep it and i think he likes it now so <laughs> he better that's like cool it, i love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and aaron some things that, go ahead go ahead aaron go ahead and oh do go your ahead thing. go no, ahead no. joey you're fine no no uh, joey you go ahead okay yeah and um and so i was listening to do you guys remember that that band broadcast i think they're from england broadcast was kind of like no. a Okay, so Broadcast was like a a type of a stereo lab band. And there's a song called Come On, Let's Go. And in that song, they do this really cool break. And they go into the song with uh, like timpanis going into the, into the song again. So before Jason says, um, boom, when you hear the boom, like that that's actually straight out of that broadcast song um come on let's go so i actually ripped that one off too and now you said i'm not going to get i'm not going to get sued so hopefully hopefully that's the case <laughs> we'll see there's no lawsuits allowed in 2020 it's a new yeah. law <laughs> yeah so um, so yeah i just added yeah i just wanted to add that for me this song sounds like the beatles whom i'm not a fan of but whatever People love them. And the Beach Boys got together and created the perfect 60s American uh, pop song. Um, this song is perfect. Um, are those xylophones or keys in the background, Joey? Uh, they could have been xylophones. So Frank Lenz has xylophone. So I, I think he might have came in and, and laid those down. Cool. Um, yeah, this, this has the surf... It's a it's like a surf Brit pop song, and it's like an earworm. It, I mean, is it's this is like a the most nuclear earworm. Like I can listen to this song on repeat. The drums, the bass, the vocals, the feel of it, all that's just amazing. I love this song so much. Um, I find myself at lots of words to describe how. I mean, there's very few songs I can like put on repeat and like listen to on a loop. It's maybe like fifty. And this is definitely one of them. Um, it's like a five, I mean, four and a half song, uh, four and a half stars. I mean, again, it's not like as creative as some of his other songs that are like perfect five star, but it's just like, just such a great pop song. Like, it's like the best pop song. Like, I agree. Up there, uh, like, it, Kiss by Prince. Like, I could just <laughs> listen to those, like, this and Kiss for the rest of my life. I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, I, I want to say, <laughs> I, yeah, just just to kind of piggyback what you're saying, I want to say when I used to show people this record, that was a song that people would get hooked on. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely a catchy song. Think, now, man? what stood out to me about this song, I think the song might be making fun of autotune. Now, this album, uh, <laughs> it's a concept album in a lot of ways, right? I think it's I think you're right. It's a tribute to Gene Eugene. Um, there's also a lot of poking fun or commenting on band life or musicians in general in it. And I think the lines like, because a machine, um, I'll change the key of everything mm -hmm. is just kind of poking at, Hey, isn't auto tune stupid. And, um, and ironically, I'm pretty sure I hear auto tune throughout this. And that's why the vocals have like that kind of warbly effect in some places. I don't know if it does or not. Um, mm -hmm. but I definitely hear something that sounds like it. 
It's funny you should say that, Sam, because the, that that not you mentioned it. Yeah, it's obviously a tribute to Junior Gene, who was a musician. And like um, Joey said at the beginning, he, he Jason said he's writing music for, for people like Dave Bazan, that this small group of people who actually get it. And so the so it's a tribute to Junior Gene by creating a a record for the Brotherhood like pointing out how ridiculous all this is or like the 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 um the foils and the the craziness of making music and touring so it's like a tribute to gene by talking to his group of friends saying hey look this is what we're doing right how ridiculous is this mm-hmm. and we're gonna leave here a stranger after we do all this <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious, uh, Joey. Do you know if they were using auto tune on this song? Um, uh, I'm sure give that effect. Yeah. So uh, Jason liked the auto tune. He tried to, uh, if I remember correctly, he he would use it sparingly. So like a lot of people today, they they just sing, they have auto tune throughout their whole, all their tracks. But he would he would use it sparingly. Um, but it could be not just auto tune. It could just be. Other, th- I mean, for example, okay, this is kind of related here. Um, you, do you know that guitar hook where it goes nanner nanner nanner? That's actually a yeah. I remember it being a line six module, and he just did one strike like and it did a nanner nanner nanner, and um, and he basically used that module to do that riff. And he was showing me when I was in the studio. I'm like, how the heck do you? make it echo just three times like usually the echo lasts forever until it stops how did line six make it to where you could do the nanner nanner nan, and then it just kind of stop um so it could be not just auto-tune it could just be uh you know just just uh modules and and plugins uh all together so that's that's really interesting i never thought of that lyric meaning that so that's that's cool wow that's yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know about. Yeah, I know that the riff you're talking about, and I didn't know that either. I thought he played that three times this week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, uh, a, it's yeah, a, nothing, a catchy riff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that turned out really good, man. It's uh, Frank Lenz, of course. He's doing those drum fills at the at the end of the song, like the, like the um, the rolls. I didn't do that. Frank Lenz did that, and uh, just sounds just sounds great. Yeah. Cool. Aaron, why don't you start us off next on this next one? Um, give up the war, man. God, I wish we could as people just give it up. <laughs> um, it's a four-star song. Um, the guitar tones on this song transport me to another realm. It's like heavenly. It's like that opening. The, the strums just take me to another place. Um, in my previous life, um, um I was a pastor previously, and then when I was in the Army, I was um, studying to be a chaplain, so I was going to seminary at Liberty University, and um, we studied a lot of Paul, wrote, wrote a lot of books about the Apostle Paul, and so um, this song just, this is, it's, um, as far as theology goes, this is probably Jason's, I'd say, most um, full-on theological song. I mean, Terry Taylor, the producer, I don't know if he had any influence on that, because you look at Darn Floor, Big Bite, and other albums by Terry, um, by Daniel Amos. They go really deep <laughs> some theology. So I don't know if that was the inspiration, but I really appreciate it. I love these lyrics. Um, the swells and keys really communicate the longing in this song um, more so than any lyrics. Um, 
you know, Sam, like a, a couple, a few times in a couple episodes, you mentioned how like music, like the music itself um, communicates a feeling. And I feel that here, like, especially like during the course, um, the, the plane, he goes, um, but always leaving. I want to feel things always leaving, pressing on. It's just that that longing to always, if you're a decent person, you're trying to be better and try to do better. And it's hard. And you fall sometimes. Sometimes you see, but sometimes you don't. And in this song, I feel like it's not even a bad long time in guilt. It's like it's like righteous, justified longing to want to be better for yourself, your family, and those around you. And like, and that's a heavy feeling. And to me, that's how I feel about this song. That's the that's the vibe that I feel when I listen to mm-hmm. this song. It's amazing. I love it. Um, I can never. I, I prefer the mono version than the stereo version, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just me. Um, oh, that's right. Think, yeah, they 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 converted mm-hmm. this to stereo, right? Yeah. Oh, blasphemy! It was on. What was that on? It was a, the Give Up the War stereo. What was that oh, on? Shoot, was it yeah. Can't Stop Eating? I forgot. Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah, it's Can't Stop Eating. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. So, what do you think about this song, Joy? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So this is this is the song where I drove home with a big smile on my face because Jason said to me. Jace, uh, said he said Joey, this is my favorite song on the record because of what you contributed to it. He said this song was supposed to be one hundred percent different, but what happened, guys? I I was listening to the Beach Boys, one song in particular called Wendy. Now, if you if you listen to Wendy when we're we're done with this conversation, you will see that I took that drum beat from Wendy, slowed it down a little bit, and did it for give up the war and so once i did that terry taylor like kind of flipped out and made this into a beach boy song that's pretty much what it is you know and um yeah that's that's it and to and to kind of uh echo what you said aaron um pretty much that's it uh uh christians we have the war of the flesh and we have the holy spirit that lives within us and they're continually at war with one another, Jason feels like giving up because it's hard. It's it's hard living a Christian life. It really is. And he wants to be someone like, because you, you read about Paul. Paul's thrown in jail. Paul's still preaching. You know, he, you know, his, his, uh, uh, his goal, his, his eyes are, are, are on the, is on the finish line. And Jason just wants to, to be a godly man like that. You know, I, I, I want to say, yeah, that's that's what it is, Aaron. Yeah. That's interesting because so I feel like these lyrics kind of have a double meaning for me. Um they definitely have that vibe of I want to live up to greatness. Um is what I took away from it is you know, I want to live up to all the people who came before me, um great men of God. And uh, sometimes I just I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to be that good. And it's a funny fact of history that, you know, hindsight always looks a lot cleaner than what it actually is. So in a sense, you never will live up mm-hmm. to all the expectations you think you have on you. So simply just give it up. Not in the fact that you shouldn't stop trying to start trying to be stop trying to be a good person, but stop trying to live up to unrealistic expectations and just do the best you can. That's that's an interesting take on it. 
And then the flip side of the lyrics that I don't know if this double meaning was, I don't even know if this is supposed to be a double meaning. I just found it um, with all the um, commentary on the music culture in this album, the line, um, try to live someone, try to be someone like Paul obviously mm-hmm. could be Paul the apostle or it could be Paul McCartney. I have no idea. I knew you were going to but... say that. <laughs> uh, well, no. I can tell it's, you, it's, I'll it's tell you apostle. this. He hates Paul McCartney, so it couldn't be Paul McCartney. <laughs> okay. Why, okay. Why good to know. Paul McCartney. Wait, why does he, why does he hate Paul McCartney? Oh, it's just like, like how a lot of people do. Like, uh, for some reason, the best work of the Beatles is when John Lennon and Paul McCartney, in my opinion, when they teamed up and when they broke off, Paul just, I mean, you know, there were some good Paul McCartney songs. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably going to be tarred and feathered by some people, but it just wasn't as great. We'll be tarred and feathered together. Cause I hate the Beatles, Joey. So <laughs> we'll I love the Beatles. Oh, you guys, you guys I are, love, I love me. the Beatles. Oh. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I say to every person their own, I won't hold it in against anyone. Now, on a musical standpoint, um, oh my goodness, such pet sound vibes. Um, the part that really stands out to me is the muted drums. Mm-hmm. And then, it, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like a galloping sound. And you hear a lot of that in pet sounds, where they take like random stuff and make sounds with it. it sounds like slaves going or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sleigh bells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear a lot of that in the background of this song, along with some gnarly acoustic guitar, which... Up to this point in um, Starflyer's career, you don't hear a lot of acoustic. It's always wall of sound or mm-hmm. just straight electric. You so, know all of that combined. I, I've listened to this song, this album, so many times. I've never realized that it is an acoustic guitar in this song. I've never picked that up before. <laughs> it's a lot of this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh, and I want to say too. Speaking of acoustic, Jason always played this like hundred dollar Fender intro guitar that just sounded great. So, so I want to I want to say it was like a, a I want to say it was one of those hundred hundred and fifty dollar Fender oh starter God. guitars that just sounded great and and it does it, it he I don't think he spent a lot of money on a, on acoustic I think he did on other things like recording equipment and stuff but um but no no Some like like and you have Frank you have Frank Lentz to thank because he Frank delivered that you know all the galloping. Uh, the timpanis, I think, was the Disney guy. I'm just going to call him Disney guy. Uh, all the shakers, all of the the sleigh bells, that's all Frank Lenz is bringing, bringing, bringing it out. So, wow, yeah, Frank and Swift, they're ma- little magic elves in the studio. Mm-hmm. Anything, anything else on Give Up the War? No, that's that's pretty much it. That's all I got. How about you, Sam? That's pretty much it. Um, just uh, a great track. Um, once again, I have a couple of favorites further on down the line, but this one definitely stands out to me. Okay, well, I'll I'll start. I'll kick us off with things like this. Help me. Oh my god, that intro is so good. Um, again, this is indie rock, country surf rock perfection. Um, more woes of touring, I, I assume that's what this song's about. Um, the fading guitars and hushed vocals make this, um, I don't know, the song feels like heaven. Again, like the previous one, like I said, um, when I learned to sing, it just transports me to another place. Um, 
Um, let's see. The breakdown. Oh, the breakdowns throughout are great. Um, the one at the end is just resplendent. Um, that breakdown at the end of the song alone, it's worth the price of this album. Just that break, just the breakdown of the, towards the outro is just, you know, it's just amazing. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, four stars for me. Um, I guess that's all I got to say about that. Now, I'm curious, Joey. Now mm-hmm. that we know the Disney guy exists, yeah. <laughs> that piano is some Disney piano. Yeah, that absolutely. is Disney Renaissance piano. Yes. I I actually saw him as he was tracking, like doing the da da Like he was he was really outside of the box in that one. So um I've actually witnessed that. And yeah, he he is was he in the credits amazing. on this album? Uh, I think so. He might be I'm gonna have to look that I'm gonna, gonna have this to up look while we're talking. Up. I'm doing it right now while we're talking. But go ahead. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, it's it, but yeah, mm-hmm. to answer your question, yeah, that was the Disney guy with his um with his keyboard. Yeah, that just that sounds like I love uh, the Disney Renaissance music and this hits that um, Little Mermaid Beauty and the Beast vibe big time. <laughs> I also find it interesting at this really beautiful song this may be um, the most melodic album we've gotten up to this point in fact i'm pretty positive it is it's the most melodic starflyer 59 album we've had up to this point and i assume terry taylor is probably super responsible for that adding so much melody and stuff to the album but before this beautiful melody um like aaron said almost heavenly it has the super eerie beginning and this is where I keep coming back to like the spaghetti western thing, where it just sounds like some bad guy getting ready to walk into a town or watching you from far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and lyrically, I like this song a lot. This is why I chose this as my opening favorite lyrics. I like the idea of sometimes you just need to talk to people, um, and that's what helps you get through the night. Um, there have been many a times in my life where it's you know sitting with a buddy and just sitting in the car in the middle of the night talking or laying in bed with my wife, just talking through the day. And sometimes that really is just connecting with people um, is what will get you through life, get you through Mm -hmm. the day. And I feel like, um, especially with the loss of Gene Eugene and stuff, that was probably pressing on Jason's mind, I would assume, how how much you need people to get through life. Was that guy's name Eric or Jason Townsend, Joey? Oh, man. Don't even ask me, dude. Uh, I just... I don't even know. I don't remember. It's not only for a stranger, but <laughs> I went to Terry Taylor's Neverhood thing, and that was listed. But all right, okay. sorry for derailing no, this. No, no problem. No worries, <laughs> Joey. No, what's I your mean, memories of this? Yeah, song? so Sam, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, you know, you stay up late, so you fix all the sounds. That's all Gene Eugene, you know. And I think, again, like I remember Jason being broken about his death. And thinking about all the the positive things that Gene has been in his life, not just not just recording the guy. I remember they used to go to horse races a lot. They used to play cards a lot, of course, card games, card games and old friends and, you know, go out to eat. They were like they were good friends. Um, And so things like this, I think, helped Jason thinking about all the all the good things he he's had with them, you know, Um. Yeah, so so I think that's that's just kind of echoing what you said, Sam. Very cool. Well, um, does anyone else have any other thoughts on this song? I'm good. 
Yeah, I well, I have a couple of things you guys might be interested in. So, um, do you guys remember that French band Ivy? Uh, they were like one of the really early ska core bands, right? Oh no, no, no! You're thinking about Operation Ivy. Okay. Yeah. So there's a French there's a French <laughs> band called Ivy that's uh, that isn't ska. Um, so there's a record I would listen to a lot during that time called Apartment Life. And uh, I think you guys would really enjoy that. You guys should listen to it. So I took a drum beat from that band. There's a, there's a song called Get Out of the City on that record. And I took that drum beat verbatim from Get Out of the City, slowed it down a little bit, because that's what I do best. And that became the vibe of the song. So um, uh, if you guys compare those two, you'll see what I'm talking about. So... Um, also, you, you're going to think this is random here. The chorus part, you know how I go into 16 hi-hats? It starts out with eights and switches to 16s, gets, goes back to eights. No kidding you. I took that from the movie Uncle Buck. Uh, there was, there was a, there was a scene in a school where Uncle Buck is waiting to talk to the principal. This is where he said to go by a rat and gnaw that thing off her face. Remember that? So you'll see him walking around the halls and you'll hear these hi-hats going like that. I literally took that from Uncle Buck. Hey, as Steve Jobs said... Go ahead, Sam. Oh, as Steve Jobs said, you know, poor artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah, I know. I don't know why... Mm-hmm. Or, or Joe, you're just a master remixer. Maybe you should go into know. production. I, I'll just, I'll just go into stealing. I guess I don't. I, I'm, I'm more of a thief than you know, than any of those things, you know. But, um, but you know, the last part you're talking about, uh, Aaron, uh, the very end, where I'm basically doing yes. a drum solo. Yeah. So that drum yeah. solo I did was one take. Uh, Terry Taylor said through the uh, uh, in my headphones, he said, Joey, start doing a drum solo. And of course, what was I listening to at the time? It was the Beatles. It was uh, uh, it was Ringo. So I kind of said, if Ringo were to do a drum solo here, what would he do? And did all of that in one take. And that's the end of that. So all glory to God on that one. All glory to Ringo, you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Ringo is probably my favorite Beatle, so... Oh, he's great. I am not complaining. (laughs) Yoko's my favorite Beatle because she broke him up. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) All right, anything else about... No, that's that's about it. Yeah, I just wanted to add those things there. (laughs) That's awesome. I want to... I'll go with um, this I don't need. Um, cause I would just want to say this, this is possibly the greatest rock transition between two songs ever from the end of things like this helped me. And then that, that opening, right. Joey, you're going to tell us what that is, right? What, what was that sound? I think it's an alarm clock. <laughs> I think it was. Alarm. So, yeah. so did y'all just go to Walmart or like Home Depot and just like, I'm sure, go, I'm go sure shopping it was, for instruments? <laughs> I, I think it was stuff laying around, um, it was stuff laying around the the studio, yeah. So I think it was a, I think it was an alarm clock or something like that, if I remember. Okay, well, I, I love it. it. It works so well. I love it. like that. The first, the, 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 the alarm clock. 
Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. It just makes me feel so good. Um, those hand claps throughout, they're glorious. It really makes the song. I love that those hand claps are done perfectly. I unless the Disney guy did something there. It sounds no, like no, that was me. that was three tracks of me clapping. So that was me clapping. <laughs> I, and this is kind of funny. This is funny. They they chopped it off at the end, but uh, at the very end of it, I started each each of the three tracks. I started clapping in a different pace and it sounded like everyone clapping at the end you know but which was all just me you know but they they thought that was cheesy i guess and they chopped it off so well i love the hand i mean again like i mean the song's great and the hand hand claps like just take it to another level um what's the music machine jason's talking about in the song do you know oh man uh it, it could be it could be gene i'm not sure yeah i mean that that's a really good question i never knew what that was okay yeah it could just be a cryptic Jason lyric. Okay, that's the the cryptic Jason lyric of the week. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I can't sit still to the song. This is like one of the most danceable Starfire Fifty Nine songs. I don't know what it is about the song. Um, why was it? This should have been. Re- why didn't Tooth and Nail take this and give this to the people a remix? This would have been a great song to remix. Um, mm-hmm. The breakdown at two minutes. The uh, 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 what is that? Oh man, let's see. Oh man, it sounds like a, like a Nutcracker accordion combo thing. Probably oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I might have to listen to that again, guys. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for that for that part there. Um, it goes, it goes like. Eh, 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 oh. Eh, oh. Eh. I'm gonna have to. I know that is Frank Lenz. I should, I should, uh, I should text him and and ask him what he did there. If he if he okay. even remembers, yeah. Yeah. Um, y'all are y'all are just throwing everything alarm clocks, pots, pans, right. whatever. But it, but it's funny uh, you like this one because I remember Je- this was Jeff's least favorite, Jeff Cloud's least favorite song. What? And, he, and I remember he didn't like that drum fill I did the he didn't he didn't he didn't like that. And um I don't think I did either. And I think Terry Terry was just like, no, 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 we're keeping it kind of guy. So I'm so glad y'all brought Terry in. God, Terry saved this album. This album yeah. would have been terrible. Oh, man. oh yeah. my god. Oh, man. He he oh, he was like and it was nice, it was nice <laughs> him having full control without arguing because we all just didn't argue with the guy. We just said, okay, cool. Good, because this is a five-star song. This is my second favorite song on this okay, album. Cool. <laughs> Listen to Uncle Terry. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, so, like we've mentioned before, like to me, like there's songs that like songs fit in seasons. And to me, this is a classic summer um, song. And that album, really, too. It works best in the summer context. And that's all I got to say about that. I love it. Yeah, and also, also to add, um, Terry Taylor sings background vocals at the end of the song. When he, oh. it, where, at the end where he says, this I don't need. It's, oh, that's, I Terry. That. That's, okay. uh, that's Terry Taylor. No, 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 no. It's that and also the part, the last chorus where Jason says... Um, and he echoes, everyone, da, da, everyone. Oh, okay. That's, oh, okay. that's actually okay. Terry Taylor singing that. Cool. Oh, so. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, Sam, Aaron, I find it hilarious that, uh, okay, a couple things. One, the first thing I wrote on this was, yay, hand claps. So mm. thank you, Joey, for that. Because I, <laughs> <You're welcome>. um, <laughs> I love <laughs> Um, whose idea was that? Who's the hand clap idea? Terry Taylor. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I find it hilarious that you love this song so much, Aaron, because I said, this is a Beatles song. This is totally a Beatles <laughs> Britpop song, um, especially those strings. Like if you listen to stuff like they're more um, they're more lighter songs. You are like, so right. Um, like, this is such a Beatles song. It really is. <laughs> like if you listen to Yellow Submarine or um, you listen to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, this those strings really sound like that so much like a cartoon. And right. I love it. Um, it's like a Merry Melody cartoon kind of sound. And you have probably the happiest song on this album. And so far <laughs> from what I can tell in the in the lyrics, it's about people abandoning you. And um, I told my brother one time, I said, um, I was explaining why I like certain music. And I said, you know, when you have something that is super happy sounding against super depressing lyrics... It's called irony, and it's a beautiful thing. It's called Joy Electric, and, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so this song, um, I feel like, hits that nail on the head. <laughs> Joey, what do you think? <laughs> no, no, that's really good, guys. No, this is good. Uh, this is all good stuff. Um, the only thing I could add to this is um, I uh, the chorus on this song where I kind of do this open hi-hat and then kind of close it in and open it and close it. Um, I took that drum beat from Bon Voyage Honeymoon right after, if you, if you listen to right after the chorus, I mean, if you listen to the drums, it's verbatim. I, I literally swiped it from a Bon Voyage song. Oh my God. I'm hearing that right now. You're yeah. so right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and if you listen, and if you listen to the chorus in this one, and listen to the, uh, you know, I guess you call it the intro uh, after the chorus and the Bon Voyage song, I, I I swiped it, man. Yeah, I'm a I'm a good thief. That's awesome. I'm a really good thief. You really are. And, hey, but, no, hey, that's. But, but Jason stole from you too. He, Jupiter James song became a Pony Express song, right? Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, he stole that from me. He yeah, that's that what I'm saying. Me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. He stole from you too. So oh, you're right. Okay, we're all thieves. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next is probably most fans' favorite song on this album. Mm-hmm. I like your photographs. Who wants to take this first? Joey, be... go for it. Tell us about okay. this. Okay. I got a lot of stuff here, guys. You guys want to do your stuff first, and then I'll just spray you with all the the interesting stuff. Or do you want you want no, me to spray us? Spray. Okay. With... <laughs> okay. All right. So. Uh, so this was the most fun. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, kind of bullet by bullet, the cool things about the song. Okay, first off, in the beginning, you know those weird sounds. The weird sounds yes. is okay. The weird sounds is Amazing Grace in Korean backwards. <laughs> Terry Taylor's idea. That's awesome. Probably. So <laughs> you have the vinyl, right? And maybe hey, I do, maybe I do, I do. you'll be the very first person. Right, first Starflower fan to confirm this. Okay. Go and do it backwards without ruining the vinyl, of course, and see if it is Amazing Grace vinyl. Or, I'm, or, I'm sorry, uh, backwards. Yeah, I'm scared to do it backwards. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so be on that, you still. I don't know if you can speak Korean, so you'd have to confirm that as well. I I don't, especially in Idaho. There's not a lot. Maybe in SoCal, you know. Oh, um, I have some Korean. I have Korean friends. I could I could recognize the language, but I'm not gonna. That vinyl's too expensive. To yeah, dude. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. So, um, 
So the beginning drum fill, right, was again another ripoff from the song called "Over" from Portishead. So remember that 1995 love release? Them, love them, yes, love them, yes. So when it goes that 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 boom boom, that is straight from Portishead. I took that from Portishead. Um, that is awesome. Portishead yeah. is awesome. So if you listen to that song and then that one, you'll see that that's pretty that's pretty verbatim. So. Um, so uh, in the background of the chorus, okay, the ending symbol, you know, the symbol swells, right? Um, actually, no, no. In, you'll hear a kind of backward symbols, and that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's symbols, me swelling the symbols, and then them, you know, me hitting them, and then them just kind of uh, 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 reversing it. And that's that sound, if you guys listen to that. Um, but... Uh, do you guys are you guys ready for this one? This is this is a little yeah. strange. I hope you guys can keep up here. Uh, this one, go this for cool, it, right? Okay. We love so in the second chorus, okay, you could hear uh, the drum tones pretty high up there, kind of like the rest of the record, and then suddenly get very low toned, right? When everyone, did, you'll hear it goes very very low. The tones, right? Not not the not the tempo, just the tones, okay. The reason this happens is, as uh, Terry Taylor had this idea, that uh, we would record at regular speed, and then he would speed it up to like a like a power pop song, like so that when he plays it all in the regular speed again, nothing changes when it comes to the tempo. But all of a sudden, the tones go boo boo. You could hear that. So that's what we did. See, Sam never. Never give up, give up on power punk. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it really was. If I wasn't playing those, you know, those kind of songs in at church, you know, during during worship, it wouldn't, have, you know, I wouldn't have been able to play it. You know, so that's that's how that happened. So listen to that again. You'll hear it's a second chorus. You'll hear the drum, hear the drums just start, start all of a sudden go flat, but still stay in tempo. And that's what happened there. Huh. Thanks. I will listen. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Andy Prickett did the uh, uh, the Beach Boys kind of do, 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 on top of Jeff's uh, bass playing. So, man, that is you, this song feels even more bonkers than it already was. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. You like, do you like this? Stuff, guys. Do do you, do you like this song, Joey? Uh, I do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was it was really really good. And um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else happened here. Um, uh let's see again i did another drum solo that was a that i think that was two takes the part where cloud goes dun, 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 dun. and i was doing some kind of solo in there and again that was another one or two take thing and you know i'll i'll glory to god on that one because that was that turned out really good um and then of course the at the at the end of it there's that amazing grace in korean play backwards again so that's all i got on this song guys well that's, a lot, that's all he has he says yeah <laughs> no, that's a lot do i well what i'm about to share you probably have some more to say first of all you answered what was up those opening vocals what is that so you answer that thank you <laughs> amazing gays in korean wow um this song sounds like a sp spaghetti western musically right sure. aaron <laughs> i literally wrote that um We'll get back there, but <laughs> okay, yeah, it sounds like a spaghetti western musically, but lyrically, it sounds like Jason's 
um, being asked by pa- okay, and this is just what I think. Um, Jason's being asked by pastors to um, witness to the youth at shows, like um, so many tooth and nail artists and other artists were being asked. Like I remember in an interview, uh, got back in the '90s, Gyro Chan from Mortal slash Folds Endure was talking about how like he was sick of you know playing shows and having pastors coming up to him saying, "Hey, we need ten people converted tonight." Like, come on witness to him like it was like a magic you know like yeah that magical power to just like have people become christians and to me you know um you know i um that's what the lyrics in this song are talking about um i'm sure i don't know um and i thought that the cover was a star wars thing and i shared with my son and we bonded over the cover and so now i'm gonna go tell my son that i'm a liar (laughs) so thank you so much joey for doing that man sorry about that Five star um, song. It's perfect. Um the 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 outro, the 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 before the outro, the, the that and then the breakdown and then the Jason Howard then just drops out and it's just Jason, leave here a stranger lyric, and then just all those weird sounds that are playing throughout it. Um just a perfect way to end it. And and all this this amazing grace and Korean backwards is in this song, just makes it like Sam said, even more bonkers and way more charming than right. ever before. I love and this song. It, it's uh, yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, I just think the ending this is scary, flat out scary. You know, and it is. Yeah, if you because, if you watch the, go ahead. Um, for me, like leave here a stranger, and I know he he meant it as a Christian's so over stranger here, but for me, I'm agnostic now. Um, no matter who you are, at the end. No one knows 100% who you are. You share with your wife, your kids, best friends, but no one knows 100% who the true Joey is, who the true Sam, who the true I am. And you ultimately are alone in knowing who you are. And when you do go, you're going to leave here a stranger because only you knew who you were. And so when I hear that, that's what I get. And it's very, like you said, it's very haunting. That's a very haunting and sobering thought, but it's reality. Yeah, yeah, and the leave here a stranger thing I want to say uh, is, I wish I knew the scripture, man. Why didn't I write that down? Um, yeah, leaving the strange, leaving this world, and which I believe it's is Gene Eugene. Uh, don't quote me on that. I want to say that's really the the motivation of this whole record. So it, it's really, I think, this song, right? Yeah. Um. So I find it hilarious that Aaron said um, Spaghetti Western, because what I said is this is the point when I decided this album is officially a space Western. Um, This is the Lost soundtrack. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of or watched the TV series Firefly. Mm -hmm. But this this song deserves to be on that. It's it's the Lost soundtrack for it. Um, (laughs) It gives me just such space. What the... Like I don't know, just the the way the keys are still kind of uh, retro futury sounding, combined with all the the spaghetti western sounds, and then um, the indie flair just it gives me such space western vibes. And then at at minute four, four minutes, there's this guitar riff. I'm like dun 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 dun, and that sounds just like. Um, a guitar riff from Daniel Amos on their album. Um, oh, why can't I not think of it now? Horrendous Disc. 
there okay. is a section in that album that has almost that exact same guitar riff. And um, I, I gotta, I'm sure that I gotta wasn't to that. entirely a coincidence, but. But oh, you know, Jason. Jason was a huge. Jason was only allowed to listen to Christian music growing up, in his house, right, uh, up to a certain age. So, uh, he had a lot of Daniel Daniel Amos, and he had a lot of, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of a, a lot of that stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me. So I hope Jason well, doesn't get mad that's... that I'm that I'm telling all, all these secrets and all these, you know. But uh, he'll 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 forgive me. He'll have to be mad at Wayne. Josh Dooley, Jeff Cloud, and a, like yeah. a lot of other people too. Romans twelve. If two, we ever get the him verse about being strangers, this, I'll be happy. Okay. Hey, say that, say that verse. Uh, twelve uh, two. Eric. I think I think it was Romans twelve two. I think I'll Google it later, but I think it's Romans twelve two. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, lyrically, I find this song interesting because um, it's like once again just looking at the whole entire um, commentary on music culture. And how from outside, especially if, like, when I was a kid, I thought the Newsboys were, like, the biggest band in the world, right? <laughs> um, now I know, like, th they were fairly big, but not that big. Mm -hmm. um, but from those kids, you know, outside looking in, um, the, it looks like a glamorous celebrity lifestyle. But really, and I, I've heard this from so many interviews, um, I hear this so much from Jason Martin's lyrics, how lonely that life gets um, how it just turns into, you know, just traveling in car rides and being lonely and life kind of sucking sometimes. It's like being a truck driver, but you play music instead of yeah, delivering car <laughs> <laughs> You're delivering music instead of goods. And I feel like the lyrics really just comment on that and how even when you go to shows and um, so – if you talk to listen to any interviews or stuff, and maybe you can talk some about this, Joey, you go to all these shows and people are there to see you and love you and listen to your music and you leave there and no one actually knows anything about you. Um, it's one of the reasons I really dislike going up and meeting celebrities or musicians because I know I will have no meaningful conversation with them. <laughs> um, and they will never remember me. So they're just going to leave there a stranger. I'm leaving there a stranger and really what does it really amount for at all in the long could, run? Could be, yeah. That's, that's I've, had, good... I, I've had many, I've had many meaningful conversations with artists. Like I remember seeing Dave Bazan in Austin, Texas, at the Mohawk, and like afterwards, I went up to him and was just like, you know, because I, I was still a Christian at the time, and I was just went up to him and say, hey, man, I appreciate your honesty about your struggle, with your faith, and everything. We we talked about theology and faith and everything, and I've done that with a lot of artists, you know, you know. Um, I guess Fair enough. just, you know, if, I mean, if you go up to them and ask them, a, most people, if you ask them a real question, they'll answer instead of, Hey, what's your favorite artist or something like that? Like, you know, something like me, I'm not a small talk type of guy. I don't know if you know, I, I just, Hey, let's get to some real stuff. You know? <laughs> so that was always my interpretation of this song. Um, with the title drop and everything. So we have a, Pet Sounds inspired space western track. Let's talk about I how can... lonely, <laughs> how lonely. Band I agree life with that. Is. I like that. I, I like that. I like that space spaghetti western. I like that. Um. So, Joey, would you agree that 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 lifestyle is pretty lonely, or do you think maybe I'm totally off the mark on that? Uh, it could be. Yeah, it depends on the personality. I I loved. 
I used to like meeting people at different states and then meeting them again uh, and then hanging out, grabbing, you know, going to Steak and Shake or something and grabbing grabbing a milkshake or something. Um, I remember doing that where Jason's, I would say Jason uh, is, is uh, more of an introvert and it might be a little more hard for him to do it where Jeff was kind of like me. He just liked to go out and, and hang out and stuff. So it depends. And it could be, I think I just, I think I just gave you the answer. Yeah. Jason's an introvert. It could be that. So that's you why I really like the state. guy so much. <laughs> they just closed the steak um, and shake next to my house and, and I'm hating it. <laughs> I heard they're closing those down. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, All right, so, so Joey, why don't you lead us off on this next track, which is really just an extension of I like your photographs. Move uh-huh. on. Hey, oh, yeah. Move, move on. on. Yeah. So move on. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know about this. So this is what I appreciated with the the with the transition. You got something really scary going on. Right. Which could symbolize death. Right. It, it really could symbolize it. But then you get this really happy thing that Josh Dooley put together. Uh, that kind of brought you out, uh, not only out of the um, uh, of of the darkness, I guess you know, but just kind of made you feel happy. You know, you got from dreariness to happiness. So it could be. I think I think Josh Dooley told me something years ago that it could be uh, you passing, you dying, and being with the Lord. Right? It just kind of gives you. It brings a. Uh, it brings a, uh, uh, a, you know, like a, like a happiness. It brings you out of that darkness, you know? So Josh told me that years and years ago, and I just thought of it right now. So, <laughs> so Josh wrote this. So this is Josh Dooley creation, this song. Exactly. Yeah. So what would happen oh. is, um, I think, I think Andy Prickett would be like, let's just start, do something with this. Uh, you know, I, I think with this cello sounding thing and just add on top of it. And that's, and that's what it is. And I think, I think that's what it was. Yeah. It was no, nothing, nothing more than that. Oh, wow. Well, um, I don't have much to add to this. Um, it's, it's three stars cause it's on this album and, and I agree. It's a great transition from photographs and, and I don't know who, who's ever called this was, but we needed a break from photographs to the next song. And this mm-hmm. was like the perfect transition this song out of context is nothing. It, it needs to be, but on this album is makes this album even better. So um, I don't know who made that call or how that came about, but I don't really have much to say about it except that I'm glad that it's there because we need that little time to catch our breath from all that space west spaghetti westernness that just happened on us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I don't mind it as a transition track. Um, I don't know. I so. I guess my only thing, and I, I'm probably going to bite my tongue here because the album is so perfect as is. I almost wish it would have been like a transition track and then another track. So it would have felt like 10 full tracks and not just nine tracks in a transition. But really, that's such nitpicking. It's almost not worth bringing up. Um, but yeah, a, a nice little transition track, which just kind of keeps the album flowing. And I really like the idea. And it really brings new light to the song for me of, you know, um, I like your photographs is it could potentially be both about life in a band, but then also life on earth and then dying at the end. And this song is just that transition into a, 
into heaven. Mm-hmm. So and Sam, there, there, right. are only, there, are, there, there are only nine songs in this album, by the way. We'll get to that. Yeah, I know what you're going to say about it and just shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam's got it all worked out. Oh, you know I do my research. <laughs> I am a researcher. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so next up we have night music. I'll I'll guess I'll take these. Um I don't have too much to say about the music. I mean, I love that organ. Um do you know by chance, Joey, if that was uh Josh playing that or was that um Disney guy? Who's playing no, that organ? No, that was Jason Martin. He was doing that. And you know that bend at the end of that riff? Mm-hmm. The that was a last minute thing and of course terry caught it and said you're doing that in every you know we're doing that making that a part of the riff so so that's jason actually doing it jason's playing the harmonica which sounds awesome and he you know i knew he played harmonica back in the and my the first album i recorded uh jupiter james called his paul he did all the harmonicas in that one so i kind of knew that guy's that guy's uh talented with that instrument as well so um what else here now i don't have too much you know that one break where it goes it goes pa 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 and then like a a hi-hat click i think that was something i came up with and jason ended up liking and and that's the only thing i know about it it you know now there is something i need to point out jeff cloud said in one of your interviews that jeff never had any collaboration like like uh writing actual chords riffs and stuff but i disagree with him and this song is the evidence i remember jeff and jason working out chords you know making up stuff and and jeff being part of the songwriting process with this song so i think he probably forgot or he was being humble about it but no jeff had um a few things uh, to credit in this song here. Well, Jeff is a very humble guy. <laughs> um, so the music, um, I it's good, but um, and man, I'm I'm really it's really cool to hear that Jason plays the organ on there. And then the lyrics is what struck me on this. So at first I wrote, and um, please take no offense at this. At first I wrote. I wonder if he's like just missing his old drummer. Does he just really right. miss Wayne? And that's what this song is about. All I hear is the Tom Tom drums, you know. And then I'm kind of like, what the? And then I thought, like, well, you know what? Then I thought, I thought maybe it's just like a, a bad mix, like with the show, like a cornerstone or something. Um, and then I thought, like, well, maybe he just man, he really thinks I suck. And then I'm like, wait, I don't, I don't play the toms at all. <laughs> you know, I'm usually. <laughs> I don't I don't really play my rack tom a lot if you notice, you know, it's 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 really just a floor and a snare. Um, you know, so I'm like, well maybe maybe it's just something else, but it could be. It very it very much could be that I suck. Yeah. Or I don't think it's that you suck, you just <laughs> <laughs> um but then you know it goes into the the deeper lyrics, I think, um beyond just um Missing maybe an old drummer friend, also missing old friends in general, old times. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, goes it really goes back to Gene Eugene. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting, I think, because while we have talked about him on past albums, um, it's 
you really feel his presence on this album. And mm-hmm. um, I guess that's what a good tribute album does. Sure. And I feel like the lyrics really talk about that a lot as well. And the fact that Jason did the piano, I mean, Gene was famous for that. So, sure. um, Joe, you pretty much answered everything I had. I mean, I love the harmonica. Um, I'm a sucker for a good harmonica, although I hate Blues Traveler. I can never listen to that music. Um, indie, country guitars. Um, I will never rank this song right. I don't, this song is just so hard to rank. It's so good, though. It's like four stars easily. The flood of guitars at the minute, like the one minute, 130 seconds. What is that? Do you know what that sound is, Joey? Oh, I'm sure it's something that Disney guy did. I'm sure it is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I wish I knew that guy's name. Like, I'm sure he didn't, you know, he didn't do this so that he could be called the disney guy you know you sure that you, that's not get his him name? on the pod aaron uh, man that's not his birth name <laughs> yeah disney guy last name guy first name disney okay whatever um <laughs> it happens again at 209 i love it those country guitars oh man so good and then i wrote who did the harmonica at the end but then you answered it but that humming at the end the mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Was that a Terry idea too? You know, it's it's not just his idea, but I think it is him actually singing it with Jason. <laughs> yeah. so. a, he's he's a magician, man. Oh man, he, I love he, that. <laughs> you guys don't even know. Like like I remember uh, laying my last tracks, you know, before we we sent this off, and just driving home thinking, what did we just do? Like this is. <laughs> crazy you know when i first heard the album i was like what did they just do it's such mm-hmm. a it's such right. a part like we talked about that but like fashion focus everybody makes the states leave here a stranger they sound nothing alike it's like a completely sure. different band and then, so yeah yeah i mean but i love that humming at the end that harmonica at the end oh my gosh i love it and to me this is where the album ends that's all i say about this <laughs> <laughs> I say you're wrong. So we can agree to disagree that I'm um right, but go ahead. So your company, yes, this was first released as a bonus on a seven inch for everybody makes mistakes. However, it was rearranged. It was mm-hmm. re-recorded for this Thank album. Because that version is not good. I mean it's all right. The, by the- golly, <laughs> it makes an ending track. This is an ending track, my friend. Um, this album would not be complete without this song. So here, here's what I mean. A love song. You're just a sucker for a love song. Okay. Sam. That's all okay. Yes, yes, I am a sucker for a love song. Stick with me, though. Okay. I mean, yes, this song is a total Brian Adams song. I don't even deny it. Um, <laughs> but with <laughs> that <Adams>. said, <laughs> this is a Brian Adams song. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's probably why I don't, okay go ahead <laughs> that's probably why you don't like it I didn't say I didn't like it but go ahead <laughs> um, but after the somber song we, we have a super night music is super somber it's about death and friends and missing people and you need something to end you end your album that ends on a high note um, a, a climax or a, no I'm sorry Night music is the climax of the album. You need something that is like a letdown, a, a breather after all that heavy pushing. Like the and, days of Lameca on after too much fun on Fashion Focus. Yes, exactly like that. Yeah, this is this is a I mean it's really a sing along at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's that's the part I don't like, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so this sounds like one of the most straightforward love songs we've had since Bon Voyage. Um, and it's just a genuine great pop song. And I feel like it just complements the whole entire album so well and lets it end on a high note where it's both a high note, but also a let us breathe moment. We've just been through all this grief, all this heartache. And when I'm going through bad times, it's that great moment of you come out of the shadows and you finally feel okay with smiling. You finally feel okay with laughing and you finally just feel okay with life. Like it's not over anymore. Um, and by golly, I love a good key change. And this has a key change. Which and, Jason Jason hated at first. And then, of course, Terry oh, Taylor, Terry said, we're doing it. So well, Uncle so that, Terry was wrong here. So that's why this song <laughs> is the perfect ending of this album. But Joey, give us your thoughts on this before Aaron just no, craps no, all over No, it. no, no, no. <laughs> let, let, me, let me crap over it so then go Joey ahead, can clean. <laughs> so, go ahead. Okay, I don't hate this song. Let me just say it. There's... There's no Starfire song I hate. So let me just say I'll be clear. I don't hate this song. It's just out of place here. It's and we've talked about um how like besides being a great musician, Jason does a great job on tracking his the songs. That doesn't matter anymore because of streaming. He he picked great closers for all the albums up to this moment. This is a very I'm not it's not a super sad song. I mean album, it's a concept album about reflection and it's not happy. But sometimes I'll, or just like movies or art, it doesn't always have to end on a happy beat. Like, and to me, like some of my favorite movies just end just bleak. Um, some albums, like Terry Taylor's Knowledge and Innocence, that's a depressing album. There's no hope on that. Um, the Ant Hospice by the Antlers, super depressing song. There's no hope on that. Sometimes it's okay to have an album. Life's not always okay. Some people die, people get sick, people lose loved ones, people get cancer. And Jason had an opportunity here. If he, and I agree with you, night music should not have been the ending, but maybe have some type of instrumental, a la like the um the um traffic jam or something else. But having a love song, which I mean it's a great love song. It's a, it's a love song to Julie, I'm sure. It's beautiful. Outside of the song, like when I listen to this song, not on this album, like when I shuffle and it, on its own, it's a great song. But on this album, I don't like it. And so when mm -hmm. I listen to this album on the vinyl, or yeah, when I listen to the vinyl, I stop it after night music. I don't listen to um, your company and again it's not because i hate it i just don't mm -hmm. think it belongs on this album okay and that's it <laughs> <laughs> so i guess this is where i come in huh yeah this is where you settle okay. this debate for us yeah, and tell me yeah. i'm right uh, so i <laughs> yeah. i love the song because i never heard it before you said i, I this is the the first of me learning it was on a on a seven inch um never <laughs> heard that version don't worry about it. It's not as good as this one. It, okay. This version okay. is better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So this one, I remember Jason really influenced by a um, a Daniel Amos song again. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was it. I think it was when worlds collide. Um, okay. I, I, I want to listen to that again. I, I could be wrong, but. Um, uh, I love the chorus. I love playing drums on it because it's just a very straight drum. It's just a boom, boom, boom. It's just a very easy, you know, with a couple of accents. But um, 
the last part, the sing-along theme at the end of it was just, I remember, I remember Terry Taylor saying, hey, Joey, we're turning the click track off. I want you to build up and go and, and drop the tempo like so many, you know, so many whatevers, right? And uh, and I think that was a was a one take too. It was just it, everything was so spur of the moment. Um, and uh, again, Jason didn't really like the key change at all. But then I think he ended up really liking it afterwards after everything was done. Um, uh, what else? Of course, I I had my Ringo turned on. I'm just doing basically Beatles drum beats, you know, at at the last the last chorus, just kind of going nuts doing that. Um, anything else here? No, I just, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I think it belongs. Shape of air is shape of the air or shape of air. The song Jason was trying to do, cause now I'm listening to shape of air in my head from Don floor and that build up uh, the drum build up sounds like your company in my head now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing that, and now I'm going to reverse myself. I do like that single okay. part. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to hear it because I remember he's just very influenced. He really liked Daniel Daniel Amos. Still likes Daniel Amos, and who uh, doesn't? Yeah, yes. I mean, I mean, he was very, very much influenced, you know, by um, uh, Mike Knott, all, all those old school guys, you know. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's all I have. I mean, nothing, nothing really. Um, yeah, just yeah. Not, I don't have any notes on that one. That's okay. Fair enough. And, and I understand too. Like Terry Toes, he's like I call him my pastor. Like his lyrics and stuff. Like is even though I don't believe in Christianity, I still go to those lyrics for comfort and help. And Shape of Air is one of those songs. And yeah, I'm thinking maybe that might be it. Because it sounds very similar to me in my head. Yeah, Terry was Terry's a very (laughs) godly guy. I remember. I mean, he's a funny dude, right? But I remember he was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, and he would bring up Christian conversations as we're waiting. You know, like 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 uh, Christianity was it meant something to uh, to Terry Taylor, and that's what I appreciated. Uh, about him, and he was a know? deep one. He was a deep. He's a deep thinker, and he truly believes it. So that's yeah. what I appreciate about a him. True, a true artist and a true. I felt like I haven't talked to the guy in years, but I felt like he was a. Uh, he treated me with respect, even though I was probably uh, kind of the odd man out because um, he knew everybody else pretty well. And, and you were like twenty one, right? <laughs> oh man! I, oh yeah, I was only yeah. I think I was like I was something like twenty two or twenty three. So. Wow. Yeah, that's well, it, man. Well, All right. thank you for so this. For final this thoughts on this album. Um, I'll go. Um, uh, um, go for it. I love it. Like today is my favorite Starfire album. Tomorrow might be Americana or everybody makes mistakes, but generally it's my favorite. I hope there's a they there's a studio stereo recorded version of the album because I would love to hear that um version, but this is like the perfect Beach Boys album that wasn't made by the Beach Boys. Um, it's it's got all those country elements. It's indie. It's not. This is a timeless album. Like I can't even put what genre this is. A hundred years from now, you can put this on, and it's gonna sound like fresh because it's not trying to be anything. It's just I always feel like if when you when you're just a true artist and you just do something true and creative that you just really believe in, it's gonna be timeless. You look at the songs that still like, I mean, Beethoven, I mean, we're still listening to his stuff, you know what I mean? 
and this is just as um up as creative to me in my mind because it's 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 not in any time or space like if, if you played this album for somebody said when did this album come out you get all types of answers nobody would be able to place it and i love it about this mm-hmm. and the album and the album cover is amazing too Everything about this album is amazing. And although I bagged on your company, again, I don't hate it. I just think that it didn't believe belong in this album, but it's still a good song. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> See, Aaron, I am um, I was mostly just okay with your company, but now with you bagging on it, I gotta like I am now fighting for this song. My favorite I song. Yeah. <laughs> I hate your face. I hate your face so much. Um, but this album, man, this is a truly great album. I mean, I mean that I just as an album, um, past albums like Americana, Gold, um, even Everybody Makes Mistakes, they had themes running throughout them, but this truly feels like an album experience. Um, I always say good albums is like a good movie. From beginning to end, you enjoy every scene of it, not just individual scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes... Um, there's just some Terry, Terry Taylor's production's phenomenal. That great sense of melody he brings to the table, um, and then start and then Jason still brings that indie credibility that he always has. Um, the band is in perfect form, and I've talked about this with Aaron before. I feel like this is up to this point at least. Starfire Fig Nine works really good in trilogies. You have the first three albums, Silver Gold Americana, then you have Fashion Focus, Everybody Makes Mistakes, and this. And I feel like this actually builds on those first two albums and acts as a wonderful culmination of all those sounds. And after this, we get a slight sound change from the band again. And um, mm-hmm. so this album acts as the perfect end, end credits to that. And then um, it, it just bring, combines so many influences with a 60s influence. Um, and then we mm-hmm. also have all the country western we talk about. Just like Aaron was saying, it's pretty timeless. So, I always do a rating on um, the official albums. So, I say the lyrics um, are a two, which for Starflyer is probably the highest I've given them in the lyrics department. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, By far. The, the music and the overall is three each, making this my highest rated Starflyer 59 album yet, with an eight out of nine. Okay. Um, I don't care. I'm just going to I'm not even going to break it down. It's just nine. It's perfect. The end. <laughs> Even with your company, you're still calling it a nine. Huh. And my okay. mind is not there. <laughs> All right, Joey, do you have any last thoughts on this album? No, you know, um, so I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, in 2001, the, the Los Angeles Times said that this record was uh, one of the top 10 records of that year. Um, wow, and, I did not know that. Yeah, and I remember hearing that, and this is when we split with EMI, and that's when we got kind of offers for doing tours with Mercury Rev and doing tours with um, with Spiritualized. Um, and I thought that this was, you know, this was it. We're gonna be we're gonna be on a on a three month tour, like somewhere, like maybe all around the world, and and it's a really important record. I'm just happy and blessed to be a part of it. Um, I'm not the greatest drummer. I knew it right back then. I know it now. But uh, God is always good about giving an undeserved person something that, you know, something good. And uh, not just salvation for those who believe in him, but 
little little tiny things in life like this it's you know you did this really cool project that people really care about and um and uh and here you go it's it's really it's it's really cool really really cool and you know i'm blessed it was it was a it was a good positive time and and uh i'll i'll, I'll always remember this time as uh, as one of the the most fun times of my life well um joey i just want to say i just want to say yeah it's a special album to me too it was the soundtrack to my almost death um oh, and, uh, <laughs> and other memories throughout my life just so many like i have so many memories attached to these songs so i really appreciate you sharing those insights into the, how these songs got created because yeah this i've i've had over like five thousand. i haven't known how many but this album was easily in my top 10 it's a very special mm -hmm. album and it's a it's amazing to be able to talk to you and be able to tell you thank you for being a part of making something so amazing and so creative and timeless sure thing guys yeah thank you guys are doing a great job too you guys keep it up um uh, i'm sure a lot of people are listening to this who's never heard of starflyer and and uh just hearing a couple of fans go over some of the songs and and it's uh uh, it's a good thing. So it's it's a it's a cool time in our lives right now. We could any any anybody could start a podcast and get followers. And it looks like you guys are on the right track. So good good work, guys. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, cool. Well, I think I'm going to end this with a memory of my own because um, you this album is so much about memories and you know times in our lives, and especially after talking this over, this seems super appropriate. Um, last year, I, uh, my grandfather died in Arizona. My family hadn't been really close to him for several years, but me and my dad mm -hmm. drove down there in my Honda Element and I'm driving back home. And I knew I, I'd always wanted to play this album driving through a desert. And there I am driving through the middle of New Mexico in my Honda Element. So I put this mm -hmm. album on full blast, roll down the windows, driving home from a funeral. Hmm. And, um, I feel like that's just... That is one of the perfect memories to have with this album. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a it's been a cool ride. Um, and and I'm just gonna one. one last thought here: 20 year anniversary coming up. How about a new vinyl reissue in stereo? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, can and we get about, a, how, um, online uh, uh, an support. online concert of this album front to back? No, sure, yeah. no, not an online. No Kickstarter like the prayer chain did, and let's get two shows, one on each side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I would be there. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much, Joey. Thank you. Yeah. Aaron, thank you so for much for your time. We appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, keep up the good work, guys. You guys take it easy. Rock on. All right. All right. Good Bye -bye. night, Joey. All right. Have a good night. And to everyone listening, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. As always, my name is Samuel. I'm Aaron. And uh, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Good night. Bye.